Welcome back to another episode of the Adventures of a Disney Dad podcast. My name is Matt, and I am a dad of three and the founder of AdventuresofADisneyDad.com, travel agent with the Magic for Less Travel, and your host. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Chip Robinson, soon-to-be dad. Well, (laughs) no longer soon-to-be dad of five. He is the dad of five, Chip Robinson. Chip, how's everything going tonight, man? Oh, crazy, 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 crazy time in the Robinson household. Yeah, all those little ones running around. That'll do it. The in in a crazy time in the week of theme parks. Wow. We yeah. yeah. What what a week. And and I'm not just talking about Tiana's Bayou Adventure having water running for the first time, which is like the only thing we're getting excited about at Walt Disney World right now. You know, I watched uh, like four different angles of the water running down. I don't know why. I just I saw like four different videos. So I watched them all. I, I felt the same way, and I all I could think is that it is it is almost sad that we, as Disney fans, are getting excited about something like that in comparison to everything that was announced this week at Universal. And to be fair, everything that Universal Orlando announced for Epic Universe was not really new, right? Like, it, they, they had a flyover, they had some cool hype videos, they had a lot of new concept images, and we've seen a lot of, like, the construction photos and things like that. But most of this stuff had had generally been announced before, or we had seen kind of concepts of it. But it's getting close, and the hype is is building. And Chip, what I guess, what did you think generally about Universal's announcements? I think the biggest thing, like I was, I was, I was looking at the pictures this evening about it, and it just reminded me of it. And I just love the concept that you almost enter in a portal, and you're in a new area. Like I just like they're completely separated off. It's almost like multiple different parks within a park. Yeah, and I I love that there's like, and I get like we have Fantasyland and all of that, and like in Frontierland, you have Super Mario Nintendo World. Like that's awesome, and then you can go over to the Dark Universe. To be fair, Galaxy's Edge kind of has a tunnel. (laughs) I will. I but you know what? I will say, Galaxy's Edge is the closest to that. I think that's really what it's going to be is is very similar to the way that you feel like you're transported transported somewhere else. And even including like Toy Story Land to Galaxy's Edge, like that kind of feeling. But this feels like they're going to be completely separated. Like, I don't, even though they'll be next to each other, but they just feel like they're going to be completely separated. So out of the different portals that they announced, so they, they had Celestial, which is going to have an awesome shooting star roller coaster. Uh, Dark Universe, How to Train Your Dragon, Harry Potter, and Super Nintendo. Wh- which one really got you excited, you know, the most excited? You know what? I've seen a, bits and pieces of How to Train Your Dragon, but just everything I've seen from that land has me so fired up. Like the roller coaster. I, I've seen a dragon flying on something. I'm, that might have been over in somewhere else, but it, it's that's probably the one area where I'm like, you know what? I'm actually excited for that. Like that roller coaster looks sweet. I think it's interesting just because How to Train Your Dragon was isn't like a huge movie in our house, but it it still looks like an awesome area. the The IP driven stuff that I think you'll see at Super Nintendo and Harry Potter are probably what excite me the most, just because Harry Potter is just it's. I mean, it's Harry Potter, and the way that they've done the two areas that they have now. Diagon Alley and you know Hogsmeade and the castle like it, it is awesome and so I, I think Harry Potter is going to be phenomenal I think all of it's going to be great but I'm kind of excited about the Celestial Gardens area just because I, I like the idea of, of them doing something that's not necessarily IP related yeah. and having a new roller coaster I think that's going to be a lot of fun and you know one of the coolest parts is that there's going to be a hotel in the park that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, that actually kind of is one of the biggest appealing things. It kind of gives me that feel of the Grand Californian a little bit, mm-hmm. having your own entrance. But I'm interested to see like how that all comes about of like driving to the backside and then how do you get in and how do you go to the other parks or. And, like and for that. context, for like folks that are Disney, you know, predominantly Disney fans that listen, the Universal hotels and resorts are awesome they do not get enough love and respect and part of that is just because you know they they don't have the same kind of theming that the disney resorts have and people 
you know, when they go on these vacations, a lot of them want to stay at Walt Disney World and then go for a day or two at Universal. And the Universal Resorts, I think, unfortunately, get often overlooked for that reason. And I, I absolutely love them. I, I've stayed at a few. They're, they're premium resorts, the premier level resorts, which is the Disney version of Deluxe, are top notch. And they're not nearly as high priced as the Walt Disney World resorts. You know, Hard Rock is right up there outside of theming right up there with any of the Disney deluxe resorts and and I absolutely love them. So th- this one I'm sure is going to be a premier level universal resort. It's it's going to have a premier price tag that first year for sure. And I would say like just from my experiences everybody that I know have stayed at Port, uh, Portofino or the Royal Pacific mm-hmm. and then they've gone to Disney and they will tell you that the resorts over at Universal may be the best resorts in Orlando. I agree. And you know, the, the downside is that I th- feel like the food is better at Walt Disney World. And I try not to be biased when I when I think about that. But like, to me, the, the great restaurants, you need to go over to the City Walk, which isn't far from any of the Universal Orlando resorts. It's like going to Disney Springs. But at, at the resort hotels, I think the, the food is lacking a little bit for Universal. But again, it's not got the price tag that Walt Disney World Resorts have. So, yeah. and you get the, we, we all, we've talked about this repeatedly. You get Express Pass when you stay at those resorts, which can be worth a lot of money in oh and of gosh. itself. Yes. So with this, this week on the episode, we're going to talk a little bit more Disney news. We've got a couple more things to cover here in terms of Disney stuff. We've, we've kind of touched on the Universal stuff and I, I know a lot of people have been enamored with Universal, Epic Universe news. So I don't want to touch on that too much more beyond what we've talked about tonight um so after we talk a little bit of disney news we're going to jump into your listener questions we've got a lot of listener questions in the inbox we want to get through those tonight we love getting your questions on social media so please feel free to send those in before we get into that we've got a little bit more disney news aside from water testing happening at tiana's bayou adventure we also had a celebrity sighting Jason Kelsey and his family were at Magic Kingdom as Chip being an offensive lineman. And I, I, I think everybody loves the Kelseys right now and their podcast, New Heights. He was there with his family. The uh, NFL Pro Bowl is going on in Orlando. So there were a lot of NFL players and their families throughout the parks and resorts this week. And one of the things we touched on on social media, which drove me nuts, Jason Kelsey is known to wear flip-flops everywhere, Right. He, he, in the middle of winter in Philadelphia, he walks into their games wearing, you know, $2 flip-flops, and it's kind of his persona as being a tough offensive lineman, and I, I can appreciate that. But I, I cannot bear the idea of people wearing flip-flops at Walt Disney World. And so I made a comment that, you know, Jason was seen wearing flip-flops at Walt Disney World. And sure enough, when I woke up this morning, I had no less than 17 direct messages on Instagram from people saying, I wear flip-flops at Walt Disney World all the time. And I was like, "I, you people need to be committed. Like, I, I Chip, have hey, you ever worn sandals at, at Walt Disney World? Oh, come I, on, man. I was, I was one of the ones that sent a message to you, and I got a nice oh. message back from you. I love wearing, now listen, hold on. Come on now. I'm a very, I can wear sandals everywhere. I wish I could wear sandals to work every day because I would. And it's, it's been since college, I've done it. Now I will tell you for the bulk of the day, like if we go during the day, I'm not going to wear my flip flops, but in the evening, if we're only going to be around for two or three hours, I'll wear them. It's not, it's, it's one of those that I, I don't mind wearing sandals because during the summer being a teacher, I'm either in sandals or I'm in football coaching shoes. Other than that, Maybe my golf shoes every once in a while, but that's all I wear. Like I, I love wearing sandals anytime I can. Like I, I just let they're comfortable to me. So yeah, I, like I get sandals being comfortable, but man, you, you, if you're rolling through, you know, thirteen thousand to twenty thousand steps at oh, Walt Disney a, World, you're getting in and out of rides. It's the tail end of it. Yeah, you're getting in and out of ride vehicles. Like I, you know, people are stepping on your feet. There's strollers everywhere. Like they're, that, it's just I can't do it. I can't do it. So anyway, all of you, I applaud you if you're like if you're on Team Chip about the sandals. But I, to me, you guys are all a different breed, and I, it could just it could never be me. So it's an alignment thing. 
you know, but the the fun thing about Jason Kelsey in Magic Kingdom, and, and we talked about this a little bit also on social media, is the MVP parade possibility. So if you're unfamiliar with the background at Walt Disney World, you know, I, gosh, I, I think it was Super Bowl 21. I'm going to Disney World was the Phil iconic Sims, 1987. Uh, yeah, so Phil, Phil Sims wins the Super Bowl and he was the first person that Disney pegged for the ad. I'm going to Disney World because he was the Super Bowl MVP. Now, what, what Disney does is they, they run that ad with whoever is the MVP. So they'll they'll talk numbers in terms of finances and how much they're going to pay whoever it could possibly be, and they'll kind of have some deals worked out. If it's a if it's a, a random MVP that it kind of isn't a favorite or isn't expected, then I think they do it the you know the next day or or whatever the case may be. But then the MVP gets to have uh, part of their choice is do I want to go to Disneyland for a parade or do I want to go to Disney World. But it's important to note that the ad started with, I'm going to Walt Disney World, right? So there's been some, I think most recently Patrick Mahomes has done Walt Disney World and Disneyland. There's some talk about, you know, because the Super Bowl is in Vegas this year, since it's closer to Disneyland, will the MVP go to Disneyland? And my question that I pondered is what happens, which is a very reasonable possibility, what happens if Travis Kelsey wins the MVP? I, 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 I mean, how bananas would either Disneyland or Magic Kingdom be if so, Travis Kelsey's the MVP? So kind of going back, I, I did a TikTok on this and talking about it. My guess is they are going to Disneyland, uh, being on the West yeah. Coast. The other thing about it is if Travis Kelsey does it, does, does Taylor Swift go with him? My guess is going to be no. Multiple reasons. Number one, she – I don't know if she wants to take on the that that media, that circus, all of that. Uh-huh. The other thing is, she's flying in from Tokyo because that's the big topic. She's flying in from Tokyo. She's got to be in Australia by Wednesday, so she's she might just come to the game and then go out, and we'll see her in a couple weeks for uh-huh. a parade or or whatnot. But I don't think she goes. I, I also also Mahomes is a two time time person to say i'm going to disney world he's going to disney world and disneyland and the thing i've noticed recently is they've gotten so good with technology of they do it they know who they're going to within probably the last two or three minutes of the game they have them say it right then and there and they run it within the next commercial break after they've been handed their t-shirt and hats it's it's very quick but i but i will say like I think the most recent one that was a little surprising was Cooper Cup, but and and but I can't remember if there was an MVP that was really shocking, and I do think that like Travis Kelsey wouldn't be really shocking, but it would be a little bit of a surprise just because if for those that don't follow football that that much, if Travis Kelsey does really well, Patrick Mahomes also did really well because he's yeah. throwing the ball. So. And that that's part of it, but the the one thing that leans me towards the possibility that she would be there, she's got the concert in Australia on the 16th, Super Bowls on the 12th. Travis Kelsey and his parents both live in Orlando, so a lot of people don't know that that they they both they live in Orlando. Taylor has gone to Orlando. She's been in MCO with Travis Kelsey multiple times now. So I I would think that if she's going to Australia. After this role, he's going with her. That I think that's a give MVP or not. I think he's going with her to Australia. Now the question becomes: Would it just be easier to bounce to Orlando and then to Australia, or easier to bounce to California and then to Australia? I I, I lean towards you know they're going to want to all go to where his family's from so that he can go home. That's my only theory there. But either way. Whichever coast he goes to, if if it were to happen, like I don't think that people are prepared for how bananas that would be, because just the speculation of Taylor being in the like in the park, even if you're not going to see her, because she wouldn't be in the parade. She's she's no. very good about letting like Travis Kelsey get his shine and and that kind of thing on the football field, and so I, I'm sure that she would not actually be in the parade, and I, you probably may not even see her, but she would be there. I find that whole idea to be really interesting. And I, I love the history of the I'm going to Disney World ad. I think it's really cool. There was a Peyton's Places 
episode on ESPN, you can look up on uh, ESPN Plus or on YouTube. I've also done a video about that on social media. The history of that whole thing is is really cool, the way that they've continued that add-on. And Disney I, obviously pays a lot of money for it. So I, I, Honestly, if I'm winning the Super Bowl, I'm in Vegas. I don't want to be the one that goes to Disney World, but that's just me. Uh, Vegas is overrated. Uh, Vegas is overrated. <laughs> that's a conversation for a different day, but Vegas is overrated. So the 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 other really interesting news that came out is the Washington Post article is titled "Disney trips are so complicated now that you need a class to plan one." And I found this interesting mostly because it cited a few influencers. I'll I'll use that term loosely, who have created Genie Plus classes or Disney planning classes. And charge quite a bit of money for them. They're not travel agents, which uh, is interesting in and of itself. But they, I think it's great. The more resources, and if you want to pay for somebody to give you that knowledge, that's awesome. But what what really didn't make sense to me is that is why someone would pay, you know, that amount of money for a Genie Plus class and not just use a travel agent to give you all that information for free. Yeah. And I think that's where when I was talking to some of my guests that are going in June over dinner that had read this article there, they, they kind of reiterated to me, there's so many people that don't understand that Disney travel agents are out there that will work for free. You know, they, they expect they're gonna have to pay a lot of money to use a travel agent, or they don't understand what they're getting from a travel agent. I just want to reiterate, like, I, I think any course or information that you can get, if you think that it's valuable and will help you with your vacation and you know, the money is not an issue for you by all means, like I, I'm supportive of any creator out there creating that kind of content but you should absolutely if you're considering doing that kind of thing you should be using a travel agent because it costs you no money and you're going to get just as much if not more education on all those topics plus help with your vacation so that that's my you know disney travel agent soapbox but was there anything else about that article that really stuck out to you chip that and good or bad or indifferent the article's not entirely wrong i I, you and I are the travel planners for our family. So my wife just kind of goes with the flow. I do all the research. I do all look into it. You know, don't pay my, my advice. Don't pay for those classes. Just go to YouTube. Like that's, that's how I figured out how to use Genie plus. There's a couple of people on there that I'm like, Oh, they actually kind of give really good tips. How to, how to refresh, how to do all this. Having a travel agent. Also, they deal with it every single day. So talking to them, asking them how how it works and how lightning wake, individual lightning lanes work. It is kind of crazy. And, but at the same time, you don't, you're not going to be able to ride every single ride. It's just not possible. I've yet to ride seven dwarves mine train. I don't know if we ever are going to until it's not an hour and a half wait. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just one of those that we don't, my time is more valuable than sitting in lines so i figure i would go use genie plus and i'm the one on my phone not my wife not my kids i'm the one on my phone doing it i do it while we're as soon as we buzz in or check in scan our magic band in i'm looking for the next one so i'm spending Uh two minutes and then i'm going to the next one and we're ready to go so it's not like i'm on my phone the whole time yeah, and, and one thing to point out, too, is that, like, any travel agent that's worth the salt is going to be teaching you one-on-one how to use Genie Plus. Yeah. So you, you're not just getting emails, but you've got someone that's, like, personally walking you through how to do this stuff that has done it probably more than most folks, I'd certainly say. So, like, when, when I have guests that are asking me about Genie Plus, they're getting my own videos, and they're getting access to me directly, whether it be by phone or text. I, I've had people call me from the parks, so it it, it can be, you know, you, you can't get that from a course and it costs you no money. So I, I just want to reiterate that too, for anyone out there that's not familiar with Disney travel agents, but are, you know, in that Disney travel planning journey, you know, definitely consider it, whether it's me or anybody else. That's another thing that I reiterate to people is like, even if you're not going to use me as a, as a travel agent with the magic for us, use somebody. Uh, and and I think it's going to make your vacation better. Certainly, I'd love if you reach out to me, but use a travel agent is better than use, using nobody. The other thing that I found really interesting in there is, you know, Disney was contacted to ask if they wanted to comment on the article. And through a Disney spokesman, they they basically just reiterated that their goal is to simplify 
you know, vacation planning in the future, which they've talked about for a long time. And, and I think we're kind of hearing a lot of people, and this goes back to the Epic Universe, you know, topic this week. The only thing you heard about on the Disney side of things was people that were mad. And they're mad, like, when is Disney going to announce this? When is Disney going to announce that? When are they going to announce a fifth gate? All we're getting is, you know, Country Bears retheming. The memes, you know, if you're part of my newsletter, I sent a meme out at the top of my, at the top of the newsletter, because it, it's it's become a funny joke at this point. But, you know, Disney, they need to get on making this this stuff less complicated and making it easier for people to plan trips. So, I think that's all part of the process, but it's stuff that we've just been hearing over and over and over again for months, if not years from Disney. And I, I don't expect that, you know, there's going to be a huge overhaul that makes that easier. And I, it might just be, the, the rumor is you're going to be able to choose one or two rides on G plus in advance, you know, for people that back, haven't been to, going back to fast pass. Right. And for people that haven't been to Disneyland, you can purchase Genie plus for your entire vacation in advance. When you go to Disneyland at Walt Disney World, you got to wake up at midnight or sometime after midnight and purchase your Genie Plus every single day of your trip. And the frustrating part of that is if you wait until 630 to purchase Genie Plus, there's a chance it could sell out. Yeah. So that, that's what I always tell guests. Like you, you better wake up at, at 12.05 a.m., buy Genie Plus and go back to bed because that way you can make sure that it doesn't sell out. Because if the one you want sells out, uh, you're out of luck, and it's gonna be a long day. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not wrong in that. Uh, going back to that rumor mill, I I read a, an interesting article from a very credited. They they said they had a very big credible source that a fifth gate is going to be announced. I don't know when they said with they said by the end of the year, which obviously got D twenty three in August, so we'll see. But that's that's what I read. It came from a, a professor at a university that studies theme parks. Yeah. I, like, I mean, I feel like that's one of those clickbait style articles. You know, it was, it popped up on every Disney fan site that does news articles like that. Oh, Disney's going to announce a fifth gate, says an expert or whatever. I, I hope that they do. And Chip, I'm sure you agree. You, you yeah. hope that they do too. But, All right, seven uh, doors mine train. <laughs> it, it, the next the next would be really interesting and I, I also read i think that same expert estimated five to eight million people would visit epic universe next year yep. which is crazy i mean that is that is a lot of attendance and the the impact that that could have on you know orlando theme parks because that that same expert was saying that epic universe is going to be the best theme park in the state of Florida next year, which, you know, based on what we've seen so far, I'm not, I'm not doubting as much as I love Disney. So we're, we're universal fans too here. This is a Disney and universal trip planning podcast. So it, you know, it's, it's going to be good content for us and good things for us to talk about and good vacations for, for guests to go on. So yeah. let's jump into our listener questions for the week. And the first one is what is the best resort for the Epcot flower and garden festival? Jeff, what do you what do you think here? Well, my 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 thought is you want to be able to get into Epcot from the back back side of it. Oh my gosh. International Gateway? International Gateway. I wanted to call it World Showcase Gateway, and I knew that was wrong. International Gateway. So whether you're on the Skyliner or you're at the Boardwalk, Yacht or Beach Club, just depending on where you're I mean, you have all three options of the different tiers because you could stay at Pop Century, you could stay at Caribbean Beach. And you could stay at Riviera, the other three that I previously mentioned, and you're right there. I think that's the best way, especially if you want to spend most of your time in Epcot, stay on the Skyliner. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that you have to stay on an, at an Epcot resort if you're going to spend the majority of your time there. Now, if you just want to go for one day and you're not going to spend the majority of your time at Epcot, then it reopens kind of all the other resorts. And I wouldn't, I would not pick your resort based on flower garden or Epcot or your plans there. I would just pick it, you know, based on a normal Disney vacation, but I, I agree. And, you know, the big thing is that I've seen lately pop centuries priced up a little bit. So, you know, don't be afraid to look at art of animation and don't be afraid to bump up to Caribbean beach and add in a resort day to get your value there. Because sometimes pop centuries 
pretty close to the moderates. Yeah. You know, based on the dates and and the moderates, especially if there's a promotion going, the moderates can have better deals. And the pricing gets gets much closer because you've got a higher discount on the moderate resorts. So keep that in mind too. But that's a great question. And I'm really looking to flower and garden. I'm I'm trying to maneuver a trip there somewhere around the 28th so that I can be there for the opening of Flower and Garden. It's one of my favorite festivals. Be sure to check out the bands and and the Garden Rocks concert series because we love that too. So second question is where is the best place to get coffee at Walt Disney World? And in turn, I want to mention one other thing. And Chip, I don't know if you and I have talked about this this topic. Have we talked about deluxe uh, resort coffee options? No. I don't think we have. I don't, I don't think we ever have. So, so it was brought to my attention recently that the only coffee makers in deluxe resort rooms are the old school coffee pots. That's not, not 100% true. It's not. No. So some of the DVCs which is 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 the the that DVC resorts are in that you'll get the K cups as well. Okay, um, like, all right. We're not we'll we'll give the DVC exception for the normies that are not that are saying they're not DVC <laughs> deluxe. Okay, if you go to Animal Kingdom Lodge, you go to Grand Floridian, you go to Polynesian, you're gonna get the old school Saratoga Springs, which is DVC had a, a coffee. Okay. So I think the majority of the deluxe, at least the deluxe is non DVC, and even some of the DVC have the old school coffee pots. And I, I find that in, uh, ridiculous uh, to go on a little bit of a rant here. Every Marriott that you can say it now has K cups, Keurigs, or an espresso machine. The, the fact that you have to use an old school coffee pot that, like, a majority of young people probably don't even know how to use anymore. <laughs> I, at a, at a deluxe, at the price you pay for a deluxe, is insane that's another thing that you know i think universal gets a little bit of a leg up on is they've got a starbucks in the majority of their resorts which like disney is stuck with joffrey's i know that there's like a a unique group of people that absolutely love joffrey's drinks his (laughs) coffee black and like he loves joffrey's that's fine just because he likes coffee grounds i guess but my, my wife would testify that the joffrey's coffee tastes like concrete so I, I, it was so bad to me that I went from Saratoga Springs to Starbucks every morning on our last trip. But, but putting that aside, like Chip, I guess if you, drink, if you like Joffrey's, you'll just drink Joffrey's. But what's your go-to coffee plan when you're at Walt Disney World? Well, so I don't- Have you ever bought your own coffee? I will buy it. Yeah, I'll buy it from, like I'll have it delivered like grocery Instacart. Um, which is what we're going to do this summer. So I'm a big, I probably drink two and a half, three cups of coffee a day. It's that teacher lifestyle in me. I, we use a normal coffee pot in my house every day. So K cup just doesn't suffice. I need like two or three K cups to get me through the day or my morning. So I don't mind doing that. Now I've gotten to the point where I can't just drink like basic regular coffee, like Folgers or I I don't mind. Like I'm, we've started getting into where we, you know, ground our own coffee, but it's one of those things where best cup of coffee is whatever you want it. I mean, you can get Starbucks. I'm just not a Starbucks fan. So I, we, that's our, our friend Jocelyn that was on a prior episode brings her own French press. So, so there, there are people that go to Walt Disney world that bring their own, I'm not kidding, bring their own method of making coffee. And that's because the, the resort options can be lacking. I'll, I'll tell you the the best coffee that I've had from Joffrey's is the Shaken Jamaican. I've, I've heard that. that thing. Yeah, I've heard that's good. Gideon's has that amazing oh. peanut whatever that peanut butter peanut butter cold brew when, peanut butter cold brew peanut, it's phenomenal yeah. phenomenal that 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 right there is the best coffee at Walt Disney World <laughs> in my opinion. I will go on the limb. It, to me, it's the peanut butter cold brew at Gideon's. Number two would be the Shaken Jamaican. I think the Polynesian has some some good Kona coffee options, if I remember correctly. But then you're starting to get into should you stop at Starbucks at you know one of the parks or at Disney Springs or just drink the Joffrey's at the hotel. But again, I'll reiterate, like I, I, my brother-in-law, like the majority of the people I talk to about this subject, they they cannot stand Joffrey's. So 
if you're a listener and you love Joffrey's, make sure you chime in in my DMs like you guys did about the the flip flops. Because now, I will tell you, I think they're like the, they're they're Disney's working to put the the both the K cup and the the pot machine. I don't know what the what that's called, but I've started seeing those more in the in as they're updating rooms. They need to do that, and that and that goes back to the like that was the original premise of the topic. I think, like you know, for, at least from my perspective, from the listener's perspective, it was the best coffee. But when it comes down to the price point you're paying at a deluxe, for them not to have one of the basic amenities that you have at like a courtyard, it to me is is frustrating. So I'm with you know, you I, yeah, I, I think they they've got to get they've got to get that because it's sometimes it's the little things that that can mean a lot to people. So for all my coffee lovers out there, there's there's your answer. The next question was in reference to our last episode, I guess it was two episodes ago, about Bibbidi Boppity Boutique. And the question was, are there two Bibbidi Boppity Boutique locations? And if so, is the pricing the same? So Chip, uh, let's talk about this. You have done the Disney Springs location for Bibbidi yes. Boppity Boutique, right? Yes. And that is no longer operating, uh, at least not right now. We which hope you, it'll be back. Yeah, I was going to say, which I... Which I I, I would think it would come back just to give more options, but maybe it's they're 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 trying to hire people for that that role. I don't know. Um, well, it's, what's interesting is is there's still some it closed for the pandemic yeah. and didn't reopen. There's still a lot. Like when you really think about it, there's a lot of stuff that has not reopened post COVID. Especially there's res, still resort stuff. Yeah, restaurants, resorts. I mean, spas. I don't spas? Think, yeah, that hasn't opened back up. Um, I would hope it. I'd hope it opened back up because I just because we didn't feel like rushed or cramped in. It is the same price. I will say it is the same price. They are, that, the and that's price. that's great to know. But yeah, the the spa thing is frustrating, and it was frustrating for us because it was marathon weekend, and the runners usually book a lot of the spa treatments, like the massages and stuff, pretty quickly because for good reason, right? They need it for their legs. But the only option is the Grand Floridian Spa. The census spa at Saratoga is not open. The spa at Coronado Springs is not open. And as far as I'm aware, none of the other resorts outside of the Grand Floridian have reopened post-COVID. So you've still got spas that have closed. You've got restaurants that are closed. You've got Bibbidi Boppy Boutique at Disney Springs is still closed. But it's still there, too. Like, it's not like they're doing anything else in that location. So I'm sure it's going to reopen. But we're, you know, we're well out of the pandemic now, and it's kind of surprising that, you know, they haven't seen it. And there, the demand's there, too, for Bibby Boppy Boutique. Yeah. There's enough demand for them to have a second location because we see it all the time that, you know, people go to do the reservation and, and can't get one. So I, I, I find that to be a little interesting. But I hope that answered your question, Ashley, and we, we certainly appreciate you sending it in. The next question is, there, there's been a lot of talk about beignets at Walt Disney World lately. You know, whether or not Tiana's BioAdventure is going to bring in some beignets, frustration about only being able to get them at Port Orleans French Quarter. They're not as good as Disneyland. Beignets, beignets, beignets. I feel like that's all I've been seeing on social media. Chip, are beignets at either Disneyland or Walt Disney World, are they overrated or are they underrated? They're overrated. The best ones Thank are you. in New Orleans. Go get them in New Orleans. No. That's That's my opinion. But it, it's just fried dough. I mean, it's. I mean, they're good. Don't get me wrong. But I don't like. I'm not going to go out of my way to get them. If I'm staying at French Quarter, yeah, I'll go get them. Like the Mickey shaped ones, those would be cool. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to waste a snack credit for that one. <laughs> when it opens, when they when I now I know they have them now. Was it at the Magic Kingdom? I saw them. I, I think that they are at Magic Kingdom in, in one area. I can't. I can't remember which one it was because that was part of the discussion. Is that they're at Magic Kingdom, but they're not as good as as the ones at disneyland you know to to disney's benefit you don't have to go to port Orleans french quarter to get them which i to me would have been crazy anyway like going to a resort just to get a specific snack i think <laughs> it was a little a little overboard but i i'm not a beignet guy anyway i don't care if they're in new orleans or walt disney world or disneyland it's just not my thing but you know maybe i need to switch because i made the mistake of getting the funnel cake at, at magic kingdom and that was terrible so I'm sure the beignet is a better fried dough option at Magic Kingdom than that was because I will never get that thing again. And that was a zero out of 10. We'll never do it again. But 
you know, to the to the listener that asked about the beignet hype, I, I, I to me, I think it's it's overrated, just like Chip said. Uh, but I'm not I'm not a beignet guy anyway. So and, I, and I'll, I'll say, looking at the ones I saw at the Magic Kingdom, those did not look appealing. I think the ones over in the French Quarter that are shaped like Mickey, at least at least those look appealing. The ones in Magic Kingdom look burnt and greasy. I think it, it, I think it's one of those things that's similar to churros that like the nostalgia Disney history buff kind of folks really, really love it. So it's gotten this, you know, cult like following for beignets and you know, it, it I don't know. It, it's just not, it's not ever, it's not ever been my thing. So to me, it's overrated, but I'm sure that we're going to have guests on the show that, you know, think that it's underrated. So maybe we'll ask some of our, our future guests questions about that. The next question is, is it bad? Is it a bad idea to go to Walt Disney World and just wing it? And I asked a follow up question to the listener about this, and I said, "Are you referring to like not having a reservation, or are you, t- or what? What do you mean here?" And so the question was, "Is it a bad idea to go to Walt Disney World with a reservation with tickets, but to just wing the rest of it, not really planning, not making dining reservations?" I even asked, and they said that they are going in a week and have not downloaded the My Disney Experience app. So, you know what? You, well, what do you think just, about that? Just based off that, I don't, they don't sound like somebody that's gone a lot. My impression was they've never been before. Then yes, you that is a bad idea. If you've never been before, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to come back and say, I wasted all this money and complain, 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 which is fine. Like, you can't, if, like, you and I, if we go down and say, hey, we're just going to wing it, like, I'm going to do that probably two or three days on my vacation this summer. Just say, hey, uh-huh. whatever bus shows up, hey, guys, that's where we're going to go. And and, and I, I've had an experience like that, too, where I, I have not made dining reservations for my vacation at 60 days. But that's because I have a general idea of, like, what's going to be available, what days, what my kids are going to like, what we're going to do, that kind of thing. Like, I, I know I have that experience to know what I'm going to be able to pull off. But I think if you are if you're going down there without dining reservations and you will want to sit down for dining, you are going to be in a tough spot. And it goes back to that Washington Post article, right? Like <laughs> you're going to spend the first two or three days figuring out what just happened to you because you're going to ride one or two rides. And you're going to wait 45 minutes for each one of them. And you're not going to have your bearings. You're not going to understand things. You're going to spend time you know waiting in line instead of mobile ordering for food you know all the all the time that you're going to waste while you're in the parks kind of figuring things out i think is the part that'll be frustrating and that's usually when when i see people that complain about walt disney world you know after their trip it's because they did not do much to prepare and and that leads me to this question chip because i I have a really strong feeling about this how many people do you think fit that bill in terms of the percentage of people that go to Walt Disney World, how many would you guess do very little planning, even even down to like not having the app downloaded when they arrive? I'm going to say it's probably ten to fifteen percent. If, if I had to guess, I think it's a lot higher. I, I think it's like it might be north of fifty percent. You know what? If we're going to include people staying off site, then I think it's probably you're probably right. Here, here's why I think that, Chip. If you go to a Walt Disney World resort and you walk down and you look at the line of people trying to check in in person at the front desk, it tells you that the majority of those folks have not downloaded the app and they don't know that you can check in on the app without going to the front desk. That that right there to me sends a strong barometer because, yeah, there's going to be some of the people that are in line because they've got an issue and they need to check in in person or they're following one of the tips that I posted earlier this week, which is if you if your room isn't ready, then go check in in person because a lot of times they'll make it available. But those lines are usually pretty long, no matter what resort you're at. They're usually pretty long. And there's usually a lot of them that are checking in. And the, the other factor is look at how many people are waiting in line for food or ice cream. And like, like you go to, you go to Sunshine Terrace and the line is like, 30 or 40 people deep, like sometimes all the way to, to the entrance of Adventureland, none of those people know how to mobile order. Because no. if they did, they wouldn't be in line, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
And, and so if you think about all of those people and the percentage of people that you see doing those kinds of things, you have to think that they're not, they, they, they just genuinely don't know. And I think that's what's kind of sad about this is that, you know, you do have those free, you know, travel planner options, but to spend that kind of money and not have a clue, I think is, is just, you're setting yourself up for frustration because you're going to spend that huge amount of money and not have a great time. And then you're going to, of course, you're going to complain about it. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, now that you think about that, like think about the mobile order line, like, yeah. I mean, I've, I've done it a couple times just because I'm like, you know what? There's no line. I could just mobile order right now, but there's no line. I'll walk up and order. We've done that at Pecos Bills. The majority or of the time. Or the return time. There's, sometimes the return time is not yeah, like yeah. as quick as you want it. But that's rare like that you're doing that. Because oh, yeah. if you're doing that, you're just wasting your time and you know you can come back later. And it's like poor planning on your part. I feel like that's that just doesn't happen very often. And this the same could be argued like for, I think it's less likely, but could be argued for like when you go to World of Disney and you see the lines for the cashiers instead of people just using mobile checkout. Oh yeah. Like like the, sometimes there's 50 people in line and and instead of just checking out on your app which like so I, I'll confess like if there's not a line I'm not pulling my app out and doing the mobile checkout. I'll just get in line or you know walk through. But sometimes those lines are huge. So there are, there's also people saying like hey don't wait in line. Use the, the app mm-hmm. and let's check out. But like I don't remember. I, I probably had five people tell it to me as I'm just walking around the store. I didn't even buy anything. Yeah. And, and I, I think to me that that signals that there's a lot of people that don't understand and don't do a whole lot of planning. And so if you do a little bit, it's one of those things where if you do a little bit, I think you're in like the upper percentile of people that are going to be planning their vacation. And you're gonna you're gonna be in a much, much better position to have a great great trip so the next question is the best place to watch the super bowl or another sporting event chip what are your thoughts here have you ever watched a game at walt disney world actually i have the Cavs in the nba finals in 2018 i watched oh. it from my i watched it from my room because i don't like watching around other people but we were at animal kingdom lodge and we'd been up since 3 30 that morning so we just stayed there but there's really a lot of good options. I would go to Disney Springs and try and get into City Works. Oh, uh, City Works is a good one. Yep. But that's just I, they've got like 90 beers on tap, and I, that's my kind of my kind of scene. You go to Splitsville, yeah. They one of those two two options I think would would wouldn't be bad. But most of the lounges, even your resort. I mean, if you're at Coronado, go to Rick's. Rick's um, is my favorite. Rick's is my favorite. Honestly, there's some good pool bars that have a TV too. I would I would sit there and watch it, but you could I mean you can go watch it wherever you want. Maybe. I think the gist there's there's gonna be plenty of options. Especially Super Bowl. Like I wouldn't be shocked if it's shown at the resort, like out instead of the movie that night, it's gonna be the Super Bowl. Like I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if that's what it is. Well, and I think like it becomes trickier when you're talking about like March Madness because you know there's a lot of areas that only have one TV. So if you're wanting to watch you know, multiple games at one time, then you're going to want to be at somewhere like Splitsville or City Works or Rick's. The same goes for like the opening weekend of the NFL. You know, when you when you want to sit down and you want to watch seven or eight games at one time, then you need to be at more of the sports bar. But otherwise, I think you won't have any issue finding a place to watch it. I love Rick's. If you're at Coronado, Rick's is great. They've got you know, loaded French fries and a lot of like the bar food that's really good and it's easy to get in and out of. So definitely check out Rick's. I, I watched the AFC championship game, the Bengals Chiefs at Rick's and half in my room and half at Rick's. So it's a great option. I would um, also say like if you get down, like if you're down there during the regular season, look up like a local, like like I'm a Browns fan. So we got Browns backers bars. There's probably multiple of them around Orlando and just take an Uber over there and you're going to watch it with Browns fans. They'll, they'll, they'll bring you in. They do raffles. They give giveaways. That'd be another thing to look at as well. If you're looking for a specific game. Yeah, definitely. Definitely check that out. Cause there, and there's also a lot, if you're at universal, there's a lot of really great spots oh, yeah. um, at, at the city walk. So there's the NBC sports building and you know, they have a restaurant there and it's the NBC sports grill. It is really, really good, but there's a lot of 
you know, bar style restaurants that have great TVs at city walk. So that's a great option too. Hold on. Can uh, we go a side note real quick? When they legalize gambling for sports in Florida, ESPN bet has got to be a great, like they've got to put some sort of restaurant sports book somewhere. Cause that would be phenomenal. I, you know, I, 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 I really, really struggle with that because ESPN zone does not get much love. And, you know, like, I'm sure it's packed for youth events and it's certainly areas are packed for run Disney events, but not like the ESPN zone, the restaurants and stuff. People are going to the expo and they're leaving uh, for run Disney events. But I think doing something there, but, you know, anytime you talk about Disney and something like betting, even though they own ESPN, (laughs) it's, it's a, it's a tough sell for me that they're going to do something like that. But I, 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 you know, who knows? Who knows yeah. what the future may hold? Because it's certainly something that would bring in a lot of revenue, and revenue is something that they want right now. There's, there's no doubt about that, especially for ESPN. <laughs> so it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and what the future of ESPN zone is, especially after the Atlanta Braves left. You know, the spring training complex. You know, they can't just all be cheer and dance competitions because I don't think that's gonna, you know, hold it up over there. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see. The, the we'll get a couple more questions, and we're gonna get out of here for. For this week's episode, is the fireworks dessert party worth the cost? Jeff, what do you think about this? I think it depends on your family and if that is the biggest thing you want to do. If that's the one thing you've got to have a great spot for fireworks, then then yeah. I mean, the time is money. That We talk about that a lot. For me, it's not. I'm also, we're a family of seven, so I'm not going to spend that money. But if you're a family of three, four, five, maybe. But you could also get lucky and walk up one day or walk up right at the right time. And you're in the middle of, of the walkway and you have a great spot for fireworks. So it, it's, it's kind of six, one way, half a dozen, the other it's, 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 I don't think it is, but you, Matt, your family, you might think it is. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of it, especially if you're going on your first trip, you know, usually the price is going to be at least around 129 a person. I think it, it's variable based on like when you're going and how busy it is. I would not ever do it for a party. Sometimes they're offered for like Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. I would never do it for that because you don't need it for good fireworks spots. But that said, to me, especially if you have little kids who can't stand and hold a spot for the fireworks and you want to see the fireworks, like the fireworks are a priority to you. So, so to me, like you're, if it's your first Walt Disney World trip, and you need to experience happily ever after, which you absolutely do. And you've got little kids that can't hold a spot for 30 or 45 minutes at least. You should buy the dessert party because you're buying the opportunity to not have to sit there with your children and try and hold a spot in a crowd for the fireworks for them to see them. Which to me is like the headache associated with doing that is worth the money. And yeah. I, I like that, that alone. Now you also get food, you get drinks, you get some great options. And so what we typically do is we buy the pre fireworks dessert party tickets. So you can go, I think it's at six 30 and they've got the area right near Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland Terrace is all seating that's open just for the dessert party. They, they park your stroller for you. And what we do is we order dinner from Casey's. We walk over to Casey's and get the dinner and then bring it to our table at the Tomorrowland Terrace. So we'll sit there and we'll eat a full dinner with like no crowds whatsoever. We have no problem getting a table because we got it from the dessert party. Then you get the dessert party buffet, which is like fruits, cheeses, like desserts, you know, all that kind of stuff. Drinks, they're all there. The kids can make cookies and decorate them. They have a blast and all the while, you know, everybody else is congregating for fireworks and you don't have to do that. And to me, that's that's what you're paying for is really having that experience of not having to sit out there with your kids to hold a spot down, and then do which you, to me is just not something feasible with little kids. Then you get a spot on the hub grass, right? To go stand. Yep. So you, you finish eating your meal and, you know, 20 minutes or so before the fireworks, you head over to the hub grass and the entire area is just for people that are going to the dessert parties and there's plenty of spots. You have no issue seeing the fireworks. It's a great view. It's awesome. I, I I think it's absolutely worth the money every single time. But that said, 
it's part of your family dynamic, right? If you've got teenagers that like, you can hold a spot for them while you, while they go ride some rides and they just come back right before the fireworks start, then, you know, you don't need it. Or if you're just going on an adult's trip or a solo trip, you don't need it. But if you got little kids, it's, to me, it's absolutely worth it. And then some, so definitely consider it, you know, if you're going, especially on that first trip, the last question of the night, and then we're going to wrap it up. When do the 25 packages open? Not Disney Cruise Line, which Chip has already booked for 2025. Yeah. But the Walt Disney World packages for 2025 are expected might- to come out in June. That's going to wrap it up for our show this week. And a big shout out next week on the show, we are welcoming Lauren, the founder of Main Street Tourist. Yeah, Chip, excited. I'm excited about this. Yeah, we yeah, are. Both it- of us are excited. Yeah, th- this one, this is going to be fun. I love her shop. She does minimalist Disney t-shirts and crewnecks and things like that and if you haven't checked her out main street tourist on instagram and she's got some awesome stuff i'm really i'm really looking forward to my animal kingdom shirt that should be here uh before we record so that should be fun and i'm really looking forward to having her on the show and so definitely get your questions in if you've got any questions for her and then the following week we've got the mini sisters We'll tell you more about them and they are on Instagram and we're really excited about having them on the show too. I think that one of them is at Walt Disney world today. So look out for some content from them. Follow me on Instagram and I share some of their stuff sometimes also, but we are definitely looking forward to having them as guests on the show. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media. I am at adventures of a Disney dad on all socials. Chip, what about you? Where can people find you? I'm at Robinson Dad Life, or the majority of them. So find me, find me there. <laughs> there you go. And if you're interested in having me assist you in planning your next Universal or Disney vacation, please feel free to reach out. All the links to get a free quote are in the show notes. Our services are free to you, and we'd love to help you plan your dream vacation. If you have a moment, you can follow, subscribe, like, and review the podcast on whatever platform you prefer. We would greatly appreciate the support. It's been awesome so far as we continue to grow the show. So thank you, and we will see you in the parks. We'll see you when we see you.